it's that time again. The leaves are changing, the pumpkins are spicing up our daily coffees, and we are here to talk about another badass woman of history. This Her Story episode, hosted by yours truly, we are going all the way back to 7th century Korea to learn about the first female monarch to rule in her own right, Queen Seondeok. For anyone who loves architecture, flourishing culture, politically savvy women, or K-dramas, you'll want to stick around for this deep dive into how social structures and gender dynamics in the Three Kingdoms period led to the ascension of the first of three independent queens in Korea. And if we're going to do this right, we have to understand something very important about bones. Yes, you heard me, bones. So let's go all the way back. The peninsula of Korea was divided into the kingdoms of Pakche, Goguro, and Shilla. There was also the Confederacy of Gaia, but for some reason, they aren't really included in this, perhaps because they may not have had a king. Technically, though, four countries, history is weird. But Pakche, Goguro, and Shilla. These are the kingdoms that make up what we know as the Three Kingdoms period, which lasted from 57 BCE to 668 CE. These four states were constantly in conflict with each other, often forming alliances with the Chinese and Japanese to secure influence and control in the peninsula and across East Asia. In Shilla, our leading lady first comes to power due to the rules of the bone rank system. Dating back to 520 CE, this social hierarchy determined your rank and status in society based on your lineage. Your class determines your job, marriages, taxes, even everyday things. For example, women of the sacred bone class were the only ones who were allowed to wear hairpins with jade or other gems to show off their status. So fashion, too, as for always, is a huge indicator of your rank and power in society. Kings could only descend at this time from the sacred bone class. And now you're saying, Mary Jane, we're talking a lot about bones and not about badass Korean queens. What gives? Well, at the time, the king of Shilla, King Jinpeong, had a problem. In his 57 years on the throne, he did not have any male heirs, only three daughters and one niece. He was so desperate for a son that he sent his wife, Queen Maya, away to live in a Buddhist nunnery, having the marriage annulled just so he could marry someone else. No. Mm-mm. Absolutely not. I would not. But anyway, sends his wife away to a Buddhist nunnery just so he can marry someone else. He married Queen Sengmun, but his new wife gave birth to a daughter. That's what we call karma, ladies and gentlemen. This very classy, your majesty. Given Henry VIII ideas over here, aren't we? And if you don't know who Henry VIII is by now, listen to Sixth the Musical and educate yourself. Jin Peyong had several children between his concubines and wives, only one of them being a boy. But he needed an heir to have pure rank, and it's getting harder and harder to have an heir with pure rank due to the declining number of people in the sacred bone rank. The king and his advisors had to make a decision. Either they restructure Shilla's entire class system, or they preserve it by putting the only people who have the sacred right to be on the throne one of his daughters and or niece, so a queen. Seodenok was born Princess Dokmin. Princess Dokmin, however, had two sisters, and one of them was already married. 
and the king was considering giving his entire kingdom over to Deokman's brother-in-law. Deokman begged her father to consider her the oldest child for the throne, and through her determination, she won over the support of the people, and her father named her successor. It is said Seodanok displayed a really high level of intelligence from an early age in her childhood. One story says that her father received a box of peony seeds from the Chinese emperor and a picture of what the flowers would look like one day. At age seven, Seodanok commented that it was a shame that the flowers had no scent. Otherwise, the artist would have included bees and butterflies in the picture. After the flowers grew, her father discovered her observation had been correct. The flowers had no scent, and she was just able to infer that. Another time, as queen, she pr correctly predicted an enemy invasion, sending her troops to an incredibly specific location to capture 2,000 Pekche soldiers. Her premonition came after hearing white frogs croaking by the jade gate in her garden during the winter. She interpreted the croaks to mean soldiers, white as in the northeast direction, and the jade gate being an allusion to the valley of women. And needless to say, she was correct. Her really random premonition literally got her to stop an enemy invasion. So, another legend states Seodanuk correctly predicted her time of death almost down to the minute. So we be spooky over here. She is not someone you want to mess with is what we're getting at. In Shilla, women had a relatively high social status. They were heads of their families and enjoyed more equality in society because Confucian teachings that women were subservient hadn't filtered their way in yet. Women were often very influential as dowager queens, regents, and advisors, but a female ruler was still unheard of. In China, the Tang Dynasty records on the Three Kingdoms records that her ascension to the throne around 634 CE. She was Shilla's 27th ruler and referred to with the same title as King, Wang. It is also believed that Seodanok was born in 606 CE, making her 29 when she became queen. Not everyone, though, was thrilled that there was a woman on the throne in Shilla. A rebellion was organized, but quickly discovered and suppressed, ending with its two instigators being beheaded. The first guy had his entire family beheaded. The second guy ran away, missed his wife so much that he came back to the country, which, I mean, I guess brownie points for that one. Um, but he, like, traded his clothes with some random woodmaker, so I was like, ah, no one will recognize me. Psych, they did. And then the second guy was executed. I don't think they killed his wife, though. She didn't do anything. Which, good, don't, don't. We're not here for familial executions. Not about that life. The Tang Emperor, who Seodanok sent an ambassador to extremely early on in her reign, also refused to acknowledge her rule just because she was a woman. After being crowned, Seodanok pleased the people by announcing royal inspectors would travel across Shilla to support widows, widowers, orphans, the poor, and the elderly. Sending aid to poor farmers was actually one of her first acts as queen. Seodanok was also really popular, surprisingly, after reducing taxes for the middle class and exempting peasants from taxes. And that definitely won over the people. It was also a brilliant move because with their support, she was able to push back against the pressures of the male-dominated aristocracy. 
That June, she sent another diplomat to the Tang Dynasty, who, again, refused to recognize her. Sidonok surrounded herself with skilled advisors. Two notable men were called the Two Kims. Kim Yusin was a famous general that helped her withstand the aggressive attacks from the kingdom of Pekche, and her nephew, Kim Chung Chu, was a highly skilled diplomat. Once, when on a mission to vision, visit the king of Kogoro, Chun Chu was imprisoned after Seodonok refused to give over part of her territory in return for aid against the aggressive Pakche. The queen sent Kim Yusin with an army of 100,000 men to Kogoro. The king, realizing that this monarch was not to be trifled with, immediately released Chun Chu when he heard the army was on its way. The Tang would eventually become an ally against the Pakche and Kogoro. The Tang and Shilla had a long history of trading and cultural exchange, something Seodonok would look to strengthen in her reign. Aid from the Tang emperor, however, would come at a price. He offered men, uniforms, everything an army could hope for. All Seodonok had to do was step down and let a Tang prince rule over the territory instead. Because, of course, according to the emperor, her enemies were emboldened because she was a woman. In moves that would put Hamilton and Jefferson to shame in the musical number The Room Where It Happens, somehow Seodonok diplomatically avoided these conditions while still making a military alliance with the Tang. Although their forces were defeated, this did lay the foundation for the Tang-Silian alliance in 660 that would eventually crest Pakche and Kogoro, when Silla would dominate the peninsula. Aside from military alliances, Queen Seodonok's rule strengthened cultural ties with the Chinese. She sent scholars and monks to study with the Tang, bringing new knowledge and wisdom to Shilla, along with numerous texts on Buddhism. Seodonok introduced Chinese fashion to her court and sent soldiers to learn martial arts from the Tang, a decision that would also help strengthen her army in its defeat of their enemies. Queen Seodonok herself was a devout Buddhist and is credited with helping expand and solidify the religion, which was already the national religion of Silla. Many important monks returned from China during her reign and helped form the monastic community in Shilla. The queen herself would study and become a nun on top of ruling an entire country. Additionally, Seodonok's rule is noted by its incredible architectural feats. She, re she rebuilt many temples and started completely new projects. Okay, I'm so, so sorry. I just, to pronounce this, it's a lot of letters. I'm so sorry to anyone who speaks Korean. But if, hey, if the French forgave me after what I did to their names, we can do this. Huang Nyosa Temple, I think that was right, was completed during her reign after its 98 years of construction. So this was a really big deal. It was called the Temple of the Illustrious Dragon, and it was built on the site where a yellow dragon foretold to a king that Shilla would defeat all of its enemies. Seodonok added many structures and embellishments to the temple, and made it one of the tallest buildings in East Asia. During the construction, Shilla was brought to a point of crisis due to constant attacks and pressures from neighboring kingdoms. A monk who returned from China recommended that the queen build a luscious, beautiful wooden pagoda on the temple grounds as a way to solidify the faith and devotion of her people in this very troubling time. After meeting with her royal subjects, she discovered that many were really against the idea, fearing it would weaken the royal treasury beyond measure. Seodonok decided to go ahead with the building anyway, saying that they could tear the stones off her palace if they lacked sufficient funds. Completed in 645, the seven floors of the pagoda that she built were a reference to Shilla one day conquering the seven nations of East Asia, including China and Japan. 
Many of the Buddhist temples, still being made of wood, did not survive to this day. But one, the Bunisa Temple, still has a shrine to the queen and honors her each year. Seodanok was also an astronomy girl. A Capricorn born in the year of the tiger, for anyone wondering. I'd try to find out what her rising moon is and her sun or whatever that stuff is. I couldn't. Someone knows out there in, your, in the internet world, one of you, one of you tarot card girls will know. But she is also credited with amazing, amazing devotion and interest in spurring studies in astrology. The Tower of Moon and Stars in the country's capital is one of the best examples of this. This preserved historical site is the oldest existing observatory in East Asia. Its foundation was laid with 27 stones, representing Seodanok as the 27th monarch of Stella, and was used to record important astrological dates and observe the stars. However, the greatest threat to her was a rebellion, one that she would never see to the end. This is called Bidam's Rebellion, and it is in the twilight years of her reign. Bidam was the chairman of the Nobles Council, and in his words, the female king has failed to rule the country, Therefore, women should stop ruling. Wow, it's so funny to look back and just see where Andrew Tate gets all his shit. All his, um, I don't know. You know what? No. I swear on this podcast. I can do it. I can. This is my show. I can do what I want. I do what I want. Ha. Anyway, but Bidam, we hate him. Actually, shouldn't pass judgment on historical people. No, I hate him. That's fine. This is my show. I do what I want. I just hate him. Supported by high-class aristocracy and even the Tang Dynasty, who cannot make up their minds in this story about who they want to support, Badam believed kings of Korea should come from his ruling class, not the sacred bone class. The queen had been ill since March of 636. Whatever her ailment was, it is unknown to this day. But despite it, Seodanok kept ruling and was fiercely involved in government despite her very much declining health over the years. With her sickness worsening and her army spread around Shilla for its defense, the rebellion was a serious issue. One story says that a falling star was spotted over her palace and emboldened her enemies, with Badam saying it was a sure sign of the queen's downfall. To confront the superstitions of Badam's followers and the worried astrology bitch queen, her general, Kim Yushin, tied a burning scarecrow to a kite and flew it over her palace to show that the star had returned to its original position. Badam's followers became fearful at the sight of it. Listen, I don't know how much a burning scarecrow looks like a star, but if it works, it works. Have a midterm you need to study for? Are you on seven shots of espresso? Not a good thing, but hey, if it works, it works. The two Kims, with the support of the lower aristocracy, you know, because she's so nice to everybody, because Sedanuk is just awesome at this point, successfully defeated Bidam. He and his 30 followers, familiar theme here, were executed on February 17th, 647, after a 10-day rebellion that failed to overthrow the queen and her government. Some believe the queen died the same day of the execution due to illness, others saying she died sometime during the rebellion. Whatever the reason, Queen Seodanok died at age 41, buried in the sacred mountain of Nangsen. While there is a lot of speculation over whether or not she ever married or had a husband, it is known that she did not have heirs. 
Some sources say that she had a couple different husbands during her reign. Some source says she has none. Some says she's one. One said she had three. I think at the same time. I don't think that's right, but you go, girl. Others argue that because of that she avoided marriage due to political entanglements, worried that it would undermine the strength of her rule or give too much power to other members of the ruling class. Marriage is a big deal for a female queen. But it is from her example that the following independent queens of Shilla decided to remain unmarried. Following the death of Queen Seodanok, her cousin would take the throne as Queen Jindalk from 647 to 654. The last queen of Shilla, the 51st monarch, Queen Jinsong, ruled from 887 to 897. Seodanok's diplomatic and military strategies laid the foundation for Shilla's dominance on the peninsula. Her rule is recognized as a cultural and scientific renaissance, and many stories of her survive to this day. Most list her accomplishments and aid to the Korean people. Others are more like the frog story from the start of the episode, where um, it's really fun, but you may have to take it with a grain of salt. In one example of a story, a man passing by, literally just walking by her, fell so deeply in love at the sight of her that he went mad. Taking pity on him, as she left a temple praying, Seodanok laid her bracelet on the sleeping man's chest as a token of his devotion. And when he awoke, the man was so thrilled, he spontaneously combusted and or became a fire spirit and burnt down the entire temple. And Seodanok had to, like, pass out symbols and talisms to protect people because his love and rage was literally burning down the entire country. Another version of the story was that the pair became friends through a magical dream connection where they shared advice. And in this, she also gives him the bracelet and he turns into the spirit and into a spirit, shoots up into the heavens and stops a drought that was plaguing Shilla. I don't know how much of this is true. Probably all of it. But ladies, find you a man who would combust for you and end a drought. This is this is 2022. These are the standards of love we are looking for. Serenok remains an important figure in both Korean history and in pop culture. A popular 2009 K-drama, Queen Seodanok, tells a dramatized version of her life. But through her rule, Shilop was a dominating force in East Asia, laying the foundation for the late Three Kingdoms' golden age of art and culture. She managed to eliminate the Tang Dynasty's control of the peninsula and withstand several armed attacks on her throne and people. All in all, Queen Seodanok became a pillar of inspiration for future queens across the peninsula. I sound like I smoke six packs. Anyway, all in all, Queen Seodanok became a pillar of inspiration for future queens across Korea over several dynasties and eras, whether ruling independently or beside kings. Because, you know, we can, some men are okay. They can stick around. We can, we can share. That's the moral of the story. We can share. Her leadership and charity has ensured that she remains a beloved figure in Korean history today. And I think it's a testament to this kind of narrative that we see over and over again. We see a woman in power, usually who's making much better decisions for her people than past male rulers. And then people, mostly men, I don't mean to generalize, but a lot of men feel very threatened how dominance and power not only affect the social hierarchies we've created, but our internal beliefs. I guess I just have my usual reminders for you. Watch a K-drama. 
Do more research on Queen Sildenok and her awesome relatives. Um, drink water. It's homecoming week, so I'm sure none of you have slept. I'm, lo I'm losing brain cells over here. And I cannot wait to see you next week for another woman who made her story. Thank you.